Ocean News Sports Podcast. I'm sports editor Greg Kahn, and with me is sports reporter Austin Huff. Austin, we're back for a third week. They've third recalled week. us for another week I, here. You to know what? This. this is really surprising. Um, I'd like to thank the Academy for all of their support over the years. Um, this is really heartwarming, you know, so I'm glad we're back and doing it. I, I'm actually enjoying this. I don't know if you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, yeah. yeah. And we've gotten some really nice compliments about the uh, yeah. the program here. Let's so. not, let's, you know, we're due to mess up probably, but, like, let's hope well, we don't. So. Hey, we're human, so we're going to yeah. mess up sometimes. Right, right. That's why Sheila's got that whip over there in the corner. Yeah, just to be safe. Yeah. Just to be safe. So, well, Greg, what do you want to talk about first today? Well, probably the biggest thing was a, a little football game that was played on Sunday afternoon called Super Bowl 54. Really? Is that, did that happen? Yeah, it did. Where was it at? It was down in uh, Florida. Florida. Yeah. That sounds really nice right now. It does. Especially when we got like 30 degrees in Goshen. So. And we're supposed to get snow tomorrow. So. Yeah, remember when it was 50 degrees on Monday? That was awesome. It was 55 on Sunday. I almost wore shorts into work. I would have gotten yelled at, but, you know, it's okay. So, But it was a really good ball game Sunday. Yeah, Yeah, it actually was. I was, um, you know, when you're watching the game, right, San Francisco is up. I I had a friend remark to me at one point during the game, like, this game feels like like nothing has happened. Like, it felt weird where, like, you were kind of waiting for the Chiefs to, like, have the big play, and they never really had a big play. It felt like it was just kind of going – through the motions almost, Kansas mm-hmm. City and San Francisco for that matter too. I mean, there were a couple big plays here and there early, but when it was 20 to 10, Niners, you know, with whatever, nine minutes left in the game, it just felt like, okay, like, this will be it. Like, San Francisco's defense is just playing unworldly. That's what's going to be probably remembered from this game is them shutting down Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and they're going to cruise to a Super Bowl title, and then just like that, Little did they know. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Surprise. Yeah. So Patrick found his game. Yeah. He hits that big pass to Hill, throws a touchdown to Kelsey, uh, has a touchdown pass to Williams to give him the lead, and then they get the late touchdown with the run on Williams as well. Thir- 21 points in like six minutes, just like that, and it was over. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I Deserving champs, I would say. You know, not that there's ever really a year where there's not deserving champs. If you win the Super Bowl, you probably have earned it, but... Uh, this feels, it almost feels in a weird way how it felt a decade ago when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers won. Where you thought maybe this was like the beginning of something more, right? Where like it could be the beginning of a wow. dynasty of sorts. Yeah, in fact, I, I read a story in today's paper where they're already talking about, you know, the Chiefs are already preparing for next year, talking about winning again, starting a dynasty. Right, so, right. so maybe the Chiefs, uh, you know, look at what the Packers did or didn't do in the last 10 years and try not to try not to replicate some of their mistakes, and maybe they can actually make this a dynasty. So, um, you know, it's going to be hard to top anything the Patriots have done over the last 20 years. But, you know, you you think with a guy like Mahomes, uh, who's young, and he wants to stay in Kansas City. He said Mm -hmm. he wants to stay in Kansas City. Uh, They're going to have to open up the checkbook to keep him there. But uh, Uh, they will. he'll probably be the first $40 million man in uh, uh, football. I heard him say the other day that he's the youngest player ever to win – the NFL MVP award and win the Super Bowl in the same season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's I mean, pretty he's pretty at, crazy. At 24 years of age, you know what else can he do? What more right. can he do in a season? He NFL could retire. Season? He could retire right now. I mean, that, that would be awesome if he could retire at 24. Um, but yeah, he's got a lot more years than him, obviously. Yeah. And I think the comparison a lot to, with him when you watch him is a lot about Brett Favre, how he looked. 
And obviously, like, I only caught the tail end of Brett Favre's career. Uh, most of his – I didn't really see much of his beginning stuff. But when you watch Mahomes, Greg, does he remind you a lot of Brett Favre in his younger years? Maybe even a, a more controlled Brett Favre? Yeah, but – yeah. They're never out of a play. I mean, they're mm-hmm. all, they've always got enough scrambling ability that even if the defensive line's putting pressure on them, they can still figure out a way and find a way to avoid those tacklers and make a play. Mm-hmm. They're always looking downfield. Mm-hmm. To see who's open or who's going to be open, or right, yeah, you know, and that's what you need out of a quarterback. And that reminds you that pe- reminds a lot of people what Favre used to be able to do in the '90s with the Packers. And yeah. I, you know, I feel like the uh, the Chiefs even have more weapons than what Brett Favre had with the Packers. Probably, I mean, Travis yeah. Kelsey, tight end, Tyreek Hill as a receiver, as long as he stays out of you know legal trouble um, and stuff like that. Uh, Till's an amazing number one option. Uh, Williams, the running back, could have been could have been MVP of the game. Yeah, maybe should have been MVP of the game. He had an amazing fourth quarter. He's going to be there for a while. Uh, this is a team that is really stacked on that offensive side of the ball. Like they could be really scary yeah. for the next however many years. You know, Andy Reid's been doing it forever. You know, he he seems like he's like one of the most liked guys in in the NFL. I've never heard yeah. anyone say anything bad about That's him. That's just what I was going to say. I've never heard anybody <laughs> say anything bad about him. Yeah. And he was going into that game, the coach with the most wins in NFL history without ever winning a Super Bowl. Right. So he got right. that monkey off his back. He too. was he was going to go to the Hall of Fame, I think, no matter what. Obviously, he's yeah. just a great coach. He was a great coach in Philly and a great coach now in Kansas City, but to get that Super Bowl, to get that monkey off your back for lack of a better term, just it, it was cool. Like, I enjoyed it. And he's so likable. He's talking post-game about going to eat cheeseburgers. And, <laughs> you know, he's wearing his Hawaiian shirt on Monday, you know, at the press conference. Yeah. Like, he just seems like a good guy, a fun coach. He does it the right way, right? Like, all that, all those cliche kind of things you say in sports, but that are yeah. true. And so. you, you could tell it was a lot warmer in Florida on Sunday than it was in some parts of the country because when they dumped the Gatorade on him, he hardly flinched. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure he realized that they had done it. He was looking forward to it, I think. He was looking to, he was a little warm. He wanted to cool down, I think. So yeah. that was cool. Uh, yeah, so that was a fun – it was a fun game. Uh, we've been pretty lucky the last 10 years, 10, 15 years, to have some really good Super Bowls. I don't know if it's considered one of the best Super Bowls ever this past year, but – I would say it was a pretty good game. I was entertained all four quarters. The halftime show was great. Um, it was interesting. I'll say that at least. So, uh, yes, it was. Shakira, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. I, I saw a lot, of, a lot of tweets on Twitter that a lot of dads are going to have to have talks with their adolescent children today about uh, about that halftime show. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. So. I don't, I don't know about the <laughs> halftime show, but I, I saw yesterday that 99.9 million people watched the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's that's a lot of people. Yeah, and the, I, I I don't know how they determine that because I, I'm assuming a lot of people watch it too at bars, so you would assume that maybe the t- total number is probably higher right? even than that, right? Mm-hmm. Like 100 million TVs were turned on for the game, but maybe it peaked, or maybe that meant like there's 150, 160 million people watching the game because they're at bars or right. with friends at parties, right? Things like that. I mean, I know you and your dad watched it together. We I don't th- I don't think you had two TVs on to watch it no, unless we you didn't. went for the full panoramic view, you know. So uh yeah, so that's and still it's it always does big numbers, you know. Um and obviously it gets the royal treatment and you know, the halftime show and the commercials. Um I thought the commercials were pretty solid this year. I didn't some were weird, but I, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed most of them. I didn't have any 
hard critiques and things like that. There are some that I still haven't figured out. Yeah, the the Jason Momoa rocket mortgage where he's taken off his limbs commercial was kind of weird in the first quarter. They tucked that one away. Thank God. We kind of forgot about it after the three quarters. The really cool one, I thought, was the NFL 100-year anniversary where they had all the old former players on there. I mean, you saw James Brown and... And the kid running running onto the field where it ended with them giving the game ball. That was actually really cool. Super well done. Super creative commercial. Uh, they've killed it. Like the last two years, the NFL with those commercials, they had one last year too, with all the legends at um, like the halftime dinner or whatever that dinner. And they're all trying to tackle each other with the football. So kudos to the NFL, like two years in a row, like kicking, kicking, uh, not kicking it out of the park, LOL, knocking it out of the park with their commercials. Really good job there. So, and this, this will be before your time, but I saw a really cool story on the, on the AP, I think the other day on the AP wire, about Mean Joe Green and the kid and the Coke commercial. Yeah. They finally met again. That's so For the cool. first time since they did that commercial. That's so cool. I've seen that commercial, obviously. It's on you know the internet everywhere, but that's yeah. an awesome commercial. That was a really cool story. I, I, I need to go back and actually read it. I saw it everywhere. Yeah. I didn't actually click on the link. I was It was an off day for me. I didn't, I didn't feel like reading, you know? <laughs> so just felt like too much work. Um, yeah. And one, one more quick note about the Super Bowl. I, I, I don't think we can go on without – Mentioning um, Katie Sowers, the uh, offensive assistant coach for the 49ers, who right. is a Goshen College graduate. Obviously been the subject of, um, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but probably not the right word, but her ending at um, Goshen College was um, somewhat, I guess, controversial. I'm going to go with it, I guess, yeah. for not being hired because uh, for her sexual orientation. Um, but it was pretty cool to see her. Uh, you know, obviously, we, you and I wrote stories about her in the past week, mm-hmm. um, and to see kind of the media attention put on her, and um, you know, Goshen College admit that hey, you know, maybe we made a mistake back in in 20, 2009, not hiring her, and we've updated our policies to you know reflect societal changes. Um, you know, I, it was historic, obviously, her being their first female coach, first openly uh, gay coach as well, coaching in a Super Bowl. Um, so I just thought that was kind of cool to see that local connection kind of it was. On, on TV and, and to kind of be able to shine a spotlight on her how with our stories that we wrote last week, I thought was really cool too. So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, well, speaking of more local stuff, let's actually transition into our local stuff content of the, of the week. And Greg, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about boys basketball well, we did, yeah. from this past weekend. Uh, you saw two Goshen games, one against Memorial, yeah. one against Penn on Saturday right. and, that's a big win for uh, the Red Hawks on Saturday against Penn. How did you uh, assess yeah. the Red Hawks? Oh, that might have been the best game from start to finish they've played all season. Really? Yes. I mean, they were, like I started my story out, they were the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, they started from the get-go. They had Penn down by 13-2 to in the first quarter. They stretched the lead to 29-11 to at halftime mm-hmm. and just kept kept going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had been struggling a little bit, right? They lost to Memorial on Friday night. Yeah. So you probably... Part of their problem with the Memorial loss was they could not keep Memorial off the offensive glass. They gave up like 15 rebound, offensive rebounds to the Chargers. That's not good. No. <laughs> Whereas Saturday night, the offensive rebounds were tied 7-7, and Goshen actually had a 16-10 to uh, lead in scoring points in the paint. Yeah. Well, that's going to win you a lot of games. I know I know basketball has moved to more 
threes, but what you yeah. still score in the paint, you're going to win some games. Part of the credit for that win on Saturday night, Coach Michael Wolford gave to a program, what he called a program change they made <laughs> at midnight on Saturday night after on Saturday Friday night after the Memorial game. Mm-hmm. They decided to bring Anders Revor, a sophomore, get him a little more playing time on the varsity. He played ten minutes in that varsity game, mm-hmm. didn't score, but he had two rebounds and a block shot and mm-hmm. played some very good defense. Mm-hmm. And this was after. I didn't know this until after the game talking to Wolford. The Goshen JV played Memorial Saturday morning mm-hmm. since it was a boys-girls doubleheader Friday night. Mm-hmm. He had 35 points in that game. Wow. He played part of the game, the JV game against Penn, scored 10 points in that game. So that kid had to have been pretty tired at the end of Saturday. <laughs> played, played like 45 minutes of basketball on Saturday, and he still st- showed up and scored – um, I'd like to think that yeah. Wolford, like, had not had an epiphany or something while he was sleeping Friday night into Saturday. He's like, oh, my God, i got to start this kid. <laughs> or not start him, at least play him. Play him. Yeah. i got to play this kid. You know, I, I'm sure all coaches have that moment, you know, where they wake up in the middle of the night, oh, my God, i got to do this. Like, i got to write this down before I forget, right? Like, think of a play or something, like I said, a program change. And, uh, hey, it worked out for the best, it better, did. obviously, and, and they won. And they're, what, 8-7, and seven, I believe, now yes. on the season. 1-4 um, yeah. in conference play, if, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm correct, right? They beat Concord. And uh, they play, who do they play again on Thursday night? They play, they play Plymouth play. Thursday night. They host Whew. Plymouth. This will actually be one of their rare home games. Yeah, they haven't played many at home. You mentioned not that. Since the, uh, <laughs> not since the first of the year. Now, yeah. their schedule is more slanted towards home games Right from now until the end of the season. So. Right. So yeah, I know that they they have played a lot of games on the road, uh, yeah. but finally they're coming home. I think you said what? It's like five of their last seven are at home. I five believe. Five of the last seven. That are sounds home, right. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean that's got to be nice going into the tournament. Hopefully you can win some of those games, get some momentum going into the postseason. Yeah. Obviously the conference race is pretty much over right now. Um, speaking of those Plymouth Pilgrims, they didn't. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if it wasn't that just them not showing up on Friday against Northridge, but Northridge took it to them on Friday night. They won by forty down yeah. in Plymouth. Northridge now five and zero in the conference. Uh, everyone else is at three and two or worse in conference play. So if Northridge, they've already guaranteed partial yeah. NLC championship. If they beat Wallace C Thursday night at home, they get to claim the outright Northern Lakes Conference title. Right. So, and we should mention too that the boys are playing Thursday night, and there are a couple of games Saturday afternoon also mm-hmm. because of the girls basketball sectionals this week. Right, girls play on Friday nights their sectional semifinals, and their championships are Saturday nights. So the boys right. kind of step aside to let them take the limelight, right. so to speak. Right, it would be um, yeah, it would be tough to have boys and girls games going on at the same time in different gyms. Well, you know, it's not really fair to the kids, right. Right, and it's not really fair to parents that could you know because there could be a number of parents mm-hmm. that have kids playing on both teams. Right, or you know you get your neighbor's kid playing mm-hmm. on this team and you want to go see them, but your daughter's playing on the girls' team or something yeah. like that. And, and I'm sure you know the boys' players want to see the girls play, and vice versa, the girls want to see the boys play. Right, so they can go eat to each other's games now on Thursday and Friday and see them play. And that was one of the neat things that Coach Wolford pointed out about that win at Penn Saturday night was the girls' basketball team was there cheering the boys on. Mm-hmm. 
And at the end of the game, they started singing, hey, nah, 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 goodbye. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and awesome. Wolford thought that was really neat that the girls came out and, and supported the boys' team like that. It's always cool when you kind of see that support, you yeah. know. So we'll hit on that a little bit later on swimming. But I wanted to make one, one or two more points about the boys' games from Friday um, and the weekend in general. One thing I noticed, and I know um, Wawasee – don't sleep on them completely right now. They're playing some really good basketball. They are. They've won four in a row. They went 3-0 and last week, beat Bethany Christian. Uh, they beat uh, Concord on Friday night, I believe, mm-hmm. and then they beat Lakeland on Saturday. They went 3-0. and They're 11-5 and overall right now. Um, they are playing some really good basketball. They play good defense, and they held Lakeland to 25 points. And uh, Braden Bontrager for Lakeland, who, who just eclipsed 1,000 career points, points. As, as a junior – he only scored eight against Wallace. So this is a team right now that's playing really well. I'm not going to be bold prediction and say they're going to beat Northridge on Friday or Thursday night, but they're yeah. play, it's going to be a closer game than I think people think. Wallace plays really well, good defense. Uh, they're fun to – I feel good. I feel good for them because they've obviously had a couple seasons here where they've struggled, and there was a lot of offseason – yeah. Hoopla over <laughs> we'll go hoopla, hoopla over over John Everingham uh, right. as the head coach. So to see them be eleven and five and you know barring uh, a, you know tanking the last month, they're going to finish the regular season above five hundred, right. which is really just it's really cool. I, I, for me, it's a cool story, and they're in a sectional with you know Northwood, West Noble, Lakeland, um, and Tippy Valley, where like there's not one team that really sticks out. You know, in that right. those five Northwood is a good team. Right. I shouldn't slight them. I'm not trying to slight them, but that's a sectional that right now, a month away, looks kind of wide open. They could win that thing. I don't think there's any reason why they couldn't win. So, right. yeah. And one of the one of the cool things I like about the Wallace program is I really like John Everham. I, I remember when he played basketball out here at Goshen High School, mm-hmm. and. I think I would be willing to bet that some of that defensive scheme that he's playing right now, he learned from Coach Mike Sorrell. He probably did, yeah. Because Sorrell's teams were always known for holding teams down. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, so I like that. I like them right now. They're, they're playing well. And I just want to make a quick note about Northwood. They had Jason Borkholder come back after he got hurt. He had a head injury a couple weeks ago against Wawasee. Um, had to go to the hospital, I believe, actually, to get it looked at. But he came back on Friday night, and he had a monster two-handed dunk on, on a kid and, and got a foul call. So uh, he's back. Uh, cool. Northwood, he is like he is their spark guy, Borkholder. He's kind of like he gets a lot of the dirty stuff done down low, gives them energy. He, he does the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. Right. He only had like six points and three or four rebounds on Friday, but he was definitely a, a difference maker when he was out on the court. So hopefully yeah. he can be back. He didn't play a ton of minutes, but hopefully he can be back. Uh, and spark them. They're a good team with him on the court. So I, I, I it's good to see. It's always good to see kids come back to from is. injuries. It so, is. and yeah. Austin, you got your first experience of a little postseason swimming here last oh, week, yeah. getting to cover the Northern Lakes Conference Boys you, Championship. You always take, uh, you always take this postseason swimming from me. Even uh, Northridge coach Kyle Hembry made it a point. He's like, "Wow, you're here, or not Greg?" I'm like, "Yeah, you get me today. Congratulations!" So <laughs> he was amazed. He was shocked because I, I record, you know, my interviews on uh, my phone, and you like to write out the quotes. And he's like, "I have no idea how Greg gets any of those quotes down, but he's always right." So like, whatever works. <laughs> like, he's like, "Okay." So. 
So believe um, me, I've had a number of coaches tell me that, <laughs> ask me that, and I say it's job security because nobody else can read it but me. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole new language out there, Greg. We're gonna call yeah. it Greg. And uh, but no, I was really impressed. Um, I was at the NLC Boys co- Swimming Conference Championships on Saturday at Concord. Uh, they made they set a new record for most uh, attended NLC swim event 488 paid people if you also include all the swimmers that were actually there and workers and whatnot I would assume it was probably near 650 in that in that little yeah. 600 650 range give or take you know and um, man it was a heck of an atmosphere that was a lot of fun the four by the four by uh, uh, one at the end was unbelievable and it was because Concord came back to win the race too which was insane. Um, I was saying I was actually kind of standing right next to uh, Concord coach Tom Johnson and watching him like go crazy and watching the other coaches go crazy and I had the crowd behind me I was trying to take pictures I could barely stand still because I was feeling the excitement even mm-hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun man and uh, Concord won uh, it was a really cool event there won back-to-back conference championships Tom made sure to point out that it was the first time since uh, before any of the kids were born on the team that they won back-to-back conference championships, uh, which was kind of funny. And uh, it was just really cool. And you could tell, man, they, they were super emotional afterwards. Um, Tom, I asked them about uh, their senior, Hayden Gill. He swam the last leg of the 100 freestyle for that relay. Mm-hmm. And he was down when he jumped into the pool. He was probably down by, like, I don't know, 20 25 yards a little bit like not not I guess I wouldn't say that much but like he was down and he was able to swim his way back to win by like 0.3 seconds or whatever yeah nail biter and the crowd went nuts and I asked him about his senior Hayden and he started getting emotional he started tearing up he called him one of the best leaders they've ever had in the program Mm -hmm. and you could just tell the raw emotion he even like said like sorry and I'm like coach don't apologize you don't have to apologize for crying coach like it's it's an emotional time I get it and uh even Hayden I talked to him after the, the meet too and he started getting emotional too just about the win and you know it was weird because Northridge won eight of the 12 events at the meet. They won eight of the races, and Concord only won one, but Concord's depth was so strong. Right. They had guys, you know, Tom said it best, a third and a fourth always beats a first. So they had a bunch of guys get third, fourth, you know, fifth, whatever, and then they won the four-by-one at the end or the 400 medley relay or, yeah. So it was just really cool to be at, man. I, I really liked the atmosphere. You can rack up some important points, too, at those consolation finals. Absolutely. Yeah. You could tell, like, when you go through the stat sheet, like, that's where Concord and Warsaw finished finish second, and that's where they did most of their damage. Uh, Warsaw had two winner, two events that they won. One kid, though, uh, Grant Knight, he actually set the pro, the pool record, I think, in the breaststroke, 100-yard 100 mm. breaststroke. He was really good on Saturday. He was impressive. And actually, Gil chased down at night to win the four by the 400 so are you, are you trying to tell me it was night's day it was night's day <laughs> not night's night it was night's <laughs> night maybe i don't know but uh, yeah i really enjoyed it uh i had a lot of fun i know uh i don't know if i i i, I should have, like not to like admit that like i went in with minimal expectations but swim meet on a saturday afternoon i was like okay like i'm excited to be here it's gonna be cool to cover it but like 
I had no idea what the atmosphere was going to be like, and that was awesome. That was really blew me away, actually. Like I was, swim, swim fans get pretty crazy. In fact, they're probably about as crazy as any sport there is. There, it is, you as know, far like as supporting them, their teams. Them and uh, like the cheer parents, man. Those people, they might be the same people. I'm not sure, but yeah. like cheer cheer moms. Oh my gosh, they're kind of crazy too. But and I like the swim people. It's always <laughs> kind of interesting to see how. Because generally, the students that are dressed up are members of the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, like the girls would have been there dressed yeah. up for the boys. Right. And it's always interesting to see what they what kind of costumes they have. A lot of, a lot of cowboy outfits on yeah. Saturday. I don't know what I don't know if Northridge and Concord got together and said, "Hey, let's all wear con- or cowboy gear." But I felt like that was was a lot of cowboy stuff. Hmm. I don't know. It was hard to tell which one was which. But that was good crowds for Northridge, Concord, Goshen had a strong crowd there. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun, fun day. Um, so I had a fun. And speaking of fun days, girls sectional swimming. Girls sectional yeah. swimming is this Saturday. Uh, prelims are actually Thursday night, and then the finals are Saturday. Right. And this will be the first time that they will be held at the new Elkhart Health and Aquatic Center in downtown Elkhart. I have seen pictures of this building. I, I have seen pictures of the building. I have not been inside it. It looks and amazing. I'm very anxious to see it. I was doing a little research on their on the website today. They have seating for 1,200 people in this facility. Wow. wow. They could do state there. They could. We should call, we should call up the IHSA. <laughs> the only problem is yeah. you, know, you, you hold your state facility in a facility, the IU Natatorium down in Indianapolis, yeah, right. where they've had Olympic trials and events like that. So it's kind of okay. hard to take the state finals away from. Okay, fine. We won't move the state title up the north. Well, up the, up to I'm Elkhart. not saying they fine. won't, but uh, in fact, I'm sure Elkhart would love to host. Hey, there's a new there's a new commissioner coming in, so you know that's true. It could be easy convincing for that guy. I don't and know. this this is more than just a swimming facility, too. I was surprised they've got courts for basketball, volleyball, pickleball. Heck yeah. I'm in. <laughs> and also racquetball there. I'm going to have mean, to get it's a, a, I'm gonna, it's a full health facility. I'm going to have to get a membership. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too much. So. Well, I, I don't know what the memberships are, but the facility costs $72 million to build. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of money. But, hey, if it helps, you know, it's a place for the community can use. And, obviously, the high school is going to use it. And I'm sure it's going to be used a lot with, you know, with the what Elkhart coming together. Yeah. Know, well, for, I know Bethel, Bethel College had their swimming – Meets there this year. Yeah, so if it's, I mean, it's if, being used. if it's used, like then it's worth it. You would, yeah. you would assume. So yeah. I'm, I'm. That's a lot. That's a big price tag. But hey, if it's, if it's worth it, right? If, right. Then it's worth it, I guess. And I, the, uh, the Northridge girls are probably the favorite to win over their Saturday. Yeah, they're actually going for their 16th overall sectional title and their mm-hmm. third in a row. Right. I know we we talked about them a little bit uh, after they won the conference meet a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, you think they got a chance to be second in state. I know that's what they're shooting for. That is that um, is what they're thinking about, yes. Right. So they have sectionals this week and then state the following week. And then the boys. And then the boys do the same Sectional, thing. yeah. Now, yeah. the boys sectional is going to be at Concord. Yes. At least according to the schedule I looked yeah, at. Yeah, so. yep, they're at Concord. Um, that's a, you know, good facility. Concord has a nice facility yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's a good facility. So I'm sure, I wonder if in the future they'll move it to Elkhart, too. But we'll see. I mean, we will see. Yeah, it's not my call. But again, there's a new commissioner coming into town, so maybe we'll uh, have to do some persuading. Maybe I'll be the commissioner of the IHSCA. What do you think? High school sports are in trouble. What? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. You know I'd be a good commissioner. You know I'd be a good commissioner. 
All right. Um, before we get out of here, Greg, do we have any stewisms? I know we. You know, we, I didn't come we, up with anything, teased, but yeah. uh, I, I, I really like John Wooden as a basketball coach, and he has mm-hmm. some great philosophies. And anybody that's ever gotten an email from me will see this tagline at the mm-hmm. end of my email: a quote from John Wooden saying, "If you don't have time to do it right the first time, when are you going to have time to do it again?" Yeah. And there's there's. A lot goes into a, a statement like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great quote. So. I mean, I know you probably think about that every time I write a story. So, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we'll wrap up this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast, and we'll be back again next week for week number four. Mm-hmm.